Yo que pensé que te olvidé, pero es verdad, es la verdad. Que te quiero aún más, mucho más que ayer. Dime tú qué puedo hacer, no me quieres. Everybody, welcome again to Kickers of Elves on Lynch. It's uh, it's me. It's Wade Bowen, and with me is James Nolan. Hey, you can't see, but I'm wearing and... a dunce cap. <laughs> <laughs> and Hugh Crawford. Hello, and I'm not wearing a dunce cap. <laughs> no, he's been in his best behavior. Uh, unlike me, and so... I'm not wearing anything. <laughs> and he is perfectly nude as always. But anyway, so uh, we should just be talking. We recorded a podcast where we were just going to talk about Mahalan Drive, and we did, and uh, and it was great. And we walked away from it, and then I deleted my file on uh, in, in a in a comical series of mishaps in like a like a like a Tex Avery cartoon. So we're going to talk about what we talked about briefly, and then we're going to lead into Inland Empire and discuss the two together. So that right. we are not uh, just saying the same shit we've already said. <laughs> so. yeah. You might not have heard it, but there's enough probably yeah. Lynch material out there. If you want to get in-depth analysis mm-hmm. of Mahalan Drive, we uh, probably the, didn't need it from there us. There is a two-hour-long uh, exegesis of it on the YouTube that has a million views. So... Yeah. It's the same guy who I has the like four million got... or four hour long exegesis of Twin Peaks with two million views or whatever, one point five million views. I mean, so. I think our views are better than that guy's. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we do Michelle Obama numbers, but other than that, so we're gonna elide that and uh, Inland Empire, which I don't know how you're gonna watch it anyways without unless you buy the DVD. So, <laughs> uh, well, you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> It's just... oh, right. We, yeah, Hugh and I tried. <laughs> it was pretty bad. I, listen, I gotta say, I'm not one. Before this whole Lynch thing, I never considered myself one that had the, like high demands for my viewing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I never, uh-huh. I never. You weren't insisted... a fidelity viewer. You weren't like yes. a, you didn't know your 1080p's and your definitions and your. Uh... Well, I mean, I did because I've I've had a, I've had I've had to hook up a Nintendo. And yeah, set the, yeah. It set, you know, so I do know a little bit. I'm but I mean, I guess I'm in aspect ratios and all that but kind I, of well, shit. Well, I guess I did yeah. know that too. But see, like, there you go. You're a I film snob. Man. I didn't no, demand. I didn't demand it. You know, it wasn't something that like I felt like I was pretty easygoing. I guess you I, had privilege. You right. had you had uh, privilege because you didn't <laughs> ever have to need it. So right. now you now you weren't mad at your switch for only doing 720p instead of 1080. That's right. So, but watching um, Mulholland Drive, the first two thirds of it was mm. extremely uh, disappointing for me. Just especially after coming off of last week, we came off a straight story 
which mm-hmm. was beautifully filmed by uh, what was the gentleman's name? Was it Freddie Freeman? Freddie Francis. Freddie, Freddie Francis. Yeah. Freddie Freeman is the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves, and I apologize yeah. to everybody out there for <laughs> for getting Freddie Francis, the cinematographer. And the first baseman confused. Mm. But anyway, coming off of the straight stories, beautiful cinematography, and going straight into something that was shot to be shown on ABC on like Tuesday night in 1999 was a little bit uh, disappointing for me. I will have you know that he is also the, the pit cinematographer, Peter Dimming, is also the cinematographer for the New Mutants. Hmm. <laughs> oh wow which version oh, of it and, that, and, that's been in oh well i don't know the one that he's credited for like two years he's in credited yeah. one and then he did it for capone which is that movie they let josh trank do <laughs> after he exploded himself with fan four stick so is that the one where uh tom hardy does his bugs bunny voice yes uh yes but to be honest he does every episode of Twin Peaks: The Return, so he is. I guess does he do Inland Empire? Nah, I think he's, Lynch did. Inland yeah, Empire yeah, all by himself, yeah. It's right? like seven years of filming. I think so. they just got a Best Buy employee in 2002 <laughs> to to show yes. show them how to use the set the the Sony the handy cam. And, well, uh, I guess the story is you thought that the directing of the the quality of film couldn't get any worse than Mulholland Drive, right? So that was my that was my thing. So to get back to Mulholland Drive, I think, I liked it. Mulholland Drive's photography, but I, I'm a weirdo, I guess. I didn't well, find it as off putting as you, but it, it was TV quality. It was, that. but that was yeah. my thing. It was jarring to go hmm. from straight story, Freddie Francis, who also did beautifully did the Elephant Man. So this is like a very accomplished cinematographer. All of his movies look like films up until this point. You know, uh, Eraserhead mm-hmm. famously looks like it was, you know, is a beautiful film. Like sometimes yeah. uh, startling to a startling degree. So it's yeah. interesting to see him like devolve as an artist with what what he values aesthetically. Yeah. It's almost like Tom Waits' his voice getting rougher with age is David Lynch's visual. Oh, com- I think I think to some degree that um, I will. Yeah, yeah. And there's more to say on that because he's, he's done more than Inland Empire. But we, we probably do that in another format. But yeah, like I think that he's trying to do things with, the I guess, the texture of the digital. And so like the graininess and like the part like the hard to see i think he likes that because it's something else it's a filter he can use to make things creepy isn't something like like that found footage wave after that we had after blair witch like i think he was probably paying attention to that that the, you know well, the, i have a different perspective because around the time this came out i was doing this all full i was doing a lot of artsy shit in the city i was doing mm. naked plays or whatever which i'll talk <laughs> about terrotica and erotic nightmare later but mm. this movie remind reminded me more of doing that play than anything i've ever seen before but also i was doing a lot of my rent job uh was i was a nude model at all these art schools and right. stuff and <laughs> i had roommates that were in the art scene i i was did a thing where i 
I would, I spent a lot of time professionally naked. I'll just put it that way. But like there was a gallery show that a, I, an artist did that was me naked and stuff. And I had friends that were, we spent a lot of time that were in art school and stuff. So I spent a lot of time going to all these gallery shows in Chelsea around this time. This is when you had the all... body similar to Zac Efron's, right? Yes. Oh, I, I was <laughs> in the best shape I've ever been. I, I was like 30 pounds lighter than I am now. Stacked, um, jacked, you had a pex, you had yeah, all yeah, full lats yeah. like a cobra hood uh, when you yeah, were right, walk. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. Like a cobra <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, and yeah, it basically. And, uh, but like you spend enough going to the galleries at, 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 at that time, there would inevitably be like a video, uh, like a video project which was shot on video, and the whole thing was taking advantage of like digital video and artifacts yeah. and everything like that, which reminded me so much of this movie and if he you know he was a painter and he came up he's he's clued into the yeah. art fine art scene enough and it it reminded me so much of like all these little just pieces and exhibits where it would just be like abstract digital video with all these artifacts and pixelations and stuff and it was like oh this reminds me a hell of a whole lot about of inland empire as well hmm yeah, so. yeah I, I, I do think that that is like a girl like, because I can think of several there's a lot of like I don't know I watch a lot of videos on YouTube there's a lot of those guys that put uh, uh, VHS filled like line line scans yeah, on yeah, their yeah. videos and stuff and I think it's to make it seem you know it's well, that, to give and it that's some what sort the, of the new um, bleachers video that I like so much with oh, the, yeah, it's got Bruce yeah, yeah. Springsteen. That's like half of it is fake VHS. Yeah. You know. Right. I, I mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not just that VHS quality. It would be like just into the aesthetics of what the, of the it green does, is. which feels, yeah, which goes into Lynch's, we've talked about it since a Razorhead. He's kind of obsessed with textures and everything. Yeah. And just, and just as a visual outside of the narrative. I Again, I think one of the things that, I did not enjoy with this movie as much as that I felt that it parts of it were Lynch repeating himself in an inferior fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, and this is all debatable stuff that that's just yeah. opinion. It's not, you know, I don't, it's just, I'm just trying to gauge how interested I was in the moment of watching it. It's not necessarily a complete value judgment mm. i think the last half right. hour of this movie is mm-hmm. is a banger like i think that this movie has the advantage of getting better as it goes along as far as how interested you know but a lot of this movie that's subject matter is stuff that i am inherently not interested in mm-hmm. i'm not i am not interested in hollywood as it like a subject like behind the scenes yeah. stuff right I'm not interested in the directors and how, you know, young, young people coming. So the subject matter was a little bit off putting it. It's something I want to talk about real quick before we get into Inland Empire is that mm-hmm. I want to talk about Lynch's inspiration for his, for his movies for a second, because I think it's interesting. He is clearly going through a Hollywood period because he, yeah. you know, the, the movie that he wrote before this was Lost Highway, which takes place in in L.A. Mm-hmm. 
and there are you get the feeling that there's some entertainment uh types like running in the background not necessarily yeah. like entertainment industry adjacent not necessarily yeah. dealing with uh the movie picture business. The the, the fact that she was in porn or at least tied in with the powerful entertainment. Right, right. Yeah, there is an element to that. And yeah. So you get where I'm coming with that. Yeah. That, yeah. That I get that LA is capturing his imagination, but the fact that the mm-hmm. matter is, is that this guy has been in the industry at this point that he made Mulholland drive for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. it's starting to show how, limited his view like limited how limiting that is on what inspires him is what i'm I'm, i i i'm picking up what you're saying and i want like i I feel a little off-footed here because i was going to make i was at some point going to make like a, a joke that i'm going to defend the obsession of hollywood and mulholland drive because i like the movie more while I admit that in Inland Empire, I was like, oh, my fucking God, get this out of your ass. And 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 it did. It felt like um, like wheel spinning. Yeah. Like it felt like I don't. Well, every artist comes to this. Uh, I was thinking of like that. Uh, shit. Uh, someone was critiquing that last the very last Liz Fair album that she put out. It's just all about how angry she is at the music industry. And it was like, you used to write songs about like shit that was important to people. <laughs> and right. now you're just like bitching mm. about your job. Your work. That's yeah. the level of your art. And right. and and there is some de-evolving of that. There, is, I there think, is. I think that in both movies, in his, what he would probably say is in both movies, he is playing with uh, identity and fantasy and... And the movie as a medium for like that is as a as a medium to explore identity because that's really what he's interested in lately, I guess. Because yeah, like, but I mean, to to say like I I agree like I'm not as interested like I don't give a shit about Hollywood mm-hmm. and the the ins and outs of the industry, but at the same time, it's like. I do like these movies and I can love movies that are about making movies, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and like at the same time, it was like, that's the whole, right. What, you know, kind of idea that that's what he's in. And I feel like, I don't and know. I feel like he's still audience. making good art on it. It is. Yeah. And, but also the, uh, the, if you're making movies for the United States, we're obsessed with Hollywood anyway. So yeah. at, making movies about movie stars and everything has a certain amount of appeal. Because... Yeah, and I think that Mulholland Drive shows that as more of an uh, like an a toxic, like a more of a critique of well, that obsession. There and is then... a, there is a snide quality to it that I, I don't yeah. think it's becoming of Lynch. Like I don't think he does snide very well. Like that's not one. He of doesn't. The, he does. That's not the one of the problem, flavors. Yeah. That's not one of the flavors that I'm looking for. Whenever mm-hmm. I go, like, because his movies are experiences. So yeah. conversely, if you're experiencing something that's not in his wheelhouse, then you've not, mm-hmm. you're not, you don't have a whole lot else to like fall back on. And I know Inland Empire is a commentary on Hollywood and everything, but just because it's called Inland Empire and everything else. But watching the movie, that's not what I get out of it. I don't really read, because it's such a fucking, I don't know what the fuck the movie's doing half the time anyway. Half of it's in Poland, and it's doing the Polish thing, and she's, and so I don't, like, I understand that it's, like, a commentary on Hollywood, but that's not the main 
place it really strikes me yet because I don't see I don't see it as like oh bitching about Hollywood as much as just whatever I don't weird shit that he's doing. It's a focus. I'm I'm disinterested in movies about rich people. Yeah, and yeah, I that, guess that fair, ultimately. So. Mulholland Drive didn't trigger that in me because they're not rich. I guess the the Justin Thoreau character is, but um, but it is about right. power and stuff. But it is obsessed with this celebrity culture, which is you know very adjacent to the the courts and queens of our society. Right. I didn't. I I think my ultimate point with Mulholland Drive is that the the Lynch magic for me is is there. And it is like I, I I love it from beginning to end, and I think that I said, and I think I still feel that it it may be my favorite up to this point. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I do say a lot of that goes towards the sexual chemistry at the end, and I I do find that just <laughs> like in his hands and in this story a pretty like wonderful kismet of all of his focuses into something that I I found really really engrossing. Um, and and a wild ride. You're right. The last thirty minutes do obviously make the movie in contrast to maybe another thing we'll talk about later that doesn't ramp up towards the end, but uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, I, I I think that whatever chemistry he had going on in that, I, it's hard to say there's that much different than an inland empire, but like it strikes me in that things he's doing in both cases have I respond to so drastically different and I and I when I was watching it on Empire I thought I is this what Hugh was like watching Mulholland Drive yes it was because right. it was I almost <laughs> felt bad about my comments about Mulholland Drive watching Inland Empire because it was Inland Empire is everything I don't like about Mulholland Drive on steroids yes I could imagine uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like we all had very different experiences watching all these movies. So like when we talked about Inlet, Mulholland Drive the first time, we talked about figuring out what the narrative is and oh, like, yeah. what is real and what is not real. And I'm still hung up on like the all of it's real. There are different layers of reality in my I think that you see that what Lynch is working with now is that I, I think it's a certain amount of confidence or or something. In, in my critique for this, in contrast uh, to my critique with Inland Empire, is that he had a spine of a structure. There was a sure-handedness there where I think there is a searching for a structure in, in Inland Empire. So I think that Lynch does work when he's very open and very creative in a box. And, well, and and limited by certain things and and his script and just being like an AFI trained like I see a lot of his like film shoots and David Foster Wallace talks about it like he runs professional sets like the way the oh, what yeah. they say the Cohen brothers do he runs professional sets he gets his shots at the end of the day they're not running over they're not over budget they're just he does his job and so I think that because he's got that mode that technical mode I'm in let's get it on print mode. And then he's got a more adventurous side. And I think one of the things that he thought was that he can deshackle himself with digital and doesn't have to do any of the structure anymore. Right. And I think maybe we learned something about what that gave him. But I do think even just knowing that an hour and 20 something minutes of this of, of Mulholland Drive was intended as a pilot for ABC you know, drama 
1999, that's a box. He's deploying elements yeah. to be explored at his will later on. Yes. And that's why the the first hour and a half of the movies feels sort of bogged down by stuff that's sort of boring because it's not <laughs> tied in with each other. It's not tied in with each other because it, it's going to yeah. be tight. It could be tied in with hours and hours and hours of story yeah. later. I did think of that too. I didn't know that when I first saw it, and I think I recount the story that I first saw it in a movie theater in 2000. I mean, this was a big deal movie when it came out and it got a lot of right. accolades and, and it was a big deal. And then we did talk about how in 2016, like it was a BBC called it the best movie of the 21st century. Um, but so, so we talked about the accolades behind it, but when I first saw it, I didn't know it was made for a television. Later on when I did, I did see that like the, the scene at Willie's diner, uh, at the beginning with where the, the, the Quentin Tarantino guy goes <laughs> in the, the, the shack and, uh, maybe some of the stuff with the hitman didn't tie into a narrative the way I feel like it tied in when I saw it as a completed movie. Right. And so, and how those, but it does seem tenuous and maybe like kind of like half-assed, <laughs> like folding it in real quick at where I don't know if it, if, if it was, if he had set out and wrote the structure that we saw before oh, he, he started said filming it was tied in real, He said, yeah, I had to go away and tie and it up. Away. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, tie right. up all these disparate parts. At the quick. Yeah. And right. so I think that's why you have the guy at the, Willie's Diner, where that's the only way that it would fit in with a possible dream narrative that you might see in it. Um, so right. so you had to tie these things in at the end. And I, I agree that that felt tacked on, and it was. But I think working in the box and having to force himself to structure makes Mulholland Drive, puts the magic in that where I think the magic, right, in a more free form, but well, no it, it's just kind of like, I guess what I'm getting at, like as a surrealist piece of work, mm -hmm. the if, if you hang all the meaning on the narrative structure of it at the ending, then yes, the first, uh, everything up to the last half hour is boring. But if you're, if it's like, it's a surrealist piece of art, so therefore you can have the logical narrative, oh, it's, it's all a dream, but mm -hmm. that to say that it, it impinges and it only makes all the worth of it is wrapped up in that last half hour kind of in my mind cheapens it that's what i was kind of and i don't understand how a, it cheapens it i think it i mean most because most movies the tell the them meaning i mean most movies well most movies right. justify their meaning in the endings oh i agreed like and it well, it's there's a meaning there, but it's not justified. That's Lynch is a different film kind of filmmaker. I feel like you have a reading that ours excludes. I feel like you have a reading of the movie that I feel like that we're killing a meaning for you, but I don't know what that meaning is by my reading of it. And so, what? like, do you have like a was there no, something not... that you were really moved by an idea that you were really moved by that is excluded by the dream? Nothing's ex that, that no. I, I if I got angry i felt like my i felt i was being excluded by saying no it's all a dream therefore that stuff doesn't ma matter that's where i if i get my hackles up that's all like I, whatever the meaning that the viewer gets from it that's the point and there is this 
narrative. I would disregard that. That's I would. I wouldn't agree with that. And I, I, I hope David Lynch doesn't think that. Right. Well, and that's what's that's kind of the difference between this movie and Inland Empire to an extent. Like Inland Empire is like, oh, fuck all, fuck all of that narrative story. Anyway, it's all surrealism. It all mood. It's all like you well, can okay. It out, I mean, okay. A story less, can have a structure. It's less of a. Yeah. It's a less of a. Uh, emphasis on that part of it because it's just all over the place. And I'm afraid that all... I'm, I'm saying that I'm coming off as saying that um, a story needs to have like a logical like narrative in order to be good or whatever. And I'm not saying, and that's what made Mulholland Drive better because it's got a rigid narrative. I'm not saying that, right. but I'm saying that it had a structure. You can have a surrealist structure where uh, yeah. me and Hugh just, or Hugh just finished and I'm in the middle of a book that seems to be pretty structured, but incredibly surrealist. So like you can do that. It's just, you have, you know, everything sets its own parameters. And I do feel like that, Hugh, that, that, Parts of Mulholland Drive feels like it's outside the parameters. And right. then um, we're in Inland Empire. I believe that I wasn't being compelled to watch it at all because it was, <laughs> you know, not tied into not even its own surrealist flow. So, right. yeah. Well, it's it's much looser structure. That's like. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not even it's, I mean, but I. But like the mood in the yeah, the structure is a little loose. Yeah, too. I guess yeah, loose, like, but it's not like it's it's not it's undiscernible in a lot of ways. Right. It's all mood, less structure. Like I would say even the I would say even the mood is lacking. In yeah, some of it. it's that's the problem. It is the, it ain't there. Like I didn't have. There I felt, a, there's not much of a mood. I when, don't know if I agree with that. Like it was when all, Jeremy Irons all, is arguing with the guy to lower a light. There's there's whole chunks of this movie where it's just mm. it feels like wheel spinning like you said that's a great way to mm. put it instead of yeah. like you're not instead of a mood mood being set or i think it's one of those things if like if you can't have i think that lost highway was the perfect blend of terror and and um, surreal abstraction or surreal or, uh, terror yeah. and abstraction because you with with having a con with having like a concrete reality and then you, you can't have an abstraction without something like a base concrete you have to know what the threat is right like when when laura dern walks into a situation that's a hundred percent diff different you have to know what's at stake for her walking into this situation and once that's untethered you're just watching a series of image you know like it's like and so i don't what causes the mood is the like my investment can i give can i read you something this is has to this has to do with what you're saying because i'm reading this george saunders book it's called a swim in a pond in the rain and it's based off of um a class that he teaches when he teaches short story writing okay so a little some of it is a little bit uh you know coming from like a teacher perspective or whatever but i think this this is relevant to what what i've been thinking about my problem with inland empire okay so quote when i was a kid this is george saunders talking (laughs) quote when i was a kid i had this hot wheel set 
lengths of plastic tracks, metal cars, a couple battery-powered plastic gas stations. Inside each station was a pair of spinning rubber wheels. The little car went in, then it got shot out the other side. If you arranged the gas stations right, you could urge a little car into one of, as you left for school and come back hours later and find the car still going around the track. The reader is the little car. The writer's task is to place gas stations around the track so the reader will keep reading and make it to the end of the story. What are those gas stations? Well, manifestations of writerly charm, basically. Anything that inclines the reader to keep going. Burst of honesty, wit, powerful language, humor, a pithy description of a thing in the world that makes us really see it. A swath of dialogue that pulls us through via its internal rhythm Every sentence is a potential little gas station. The writer spends her whole artistic life trying to figure out what gas stations is she is uniquely capable of making. What does she have that will propel the reader around the track? What does she do in real life when seeking a conventional boost of speed? How will she entertain in a, a person, assure him of, of her affection, show him that she's listening? How will she seduce, persuade, console, distract? What has she found? Okay, it goes on. But that's my thing, is right. that, that Lynch has got these things that propel us around the track. Yeah. And I felt like in well, Inland that's... Empire, he had them all all like misplaced, and sometimes he didn't have any gas stations for a long time. Mm-hmm. All right. So what, if I can come talk about that, like I agree that is a much less accessible. It might not even be as good a movie, but like also the keyword it, – George Saunders is talking is talking about a narrative story, and as and and especially in Inland Empire and less so in Mulholland Drive, it's kind of a progression. It's more just about the aesthetics, moods, and as going back to his like start as just a visual painter, it's just getting aesthetics. I think out. that he no worries no worries about story at all, and I, I agree that it's like. It's less accessible, and it's a more maybe it's a it's you're going to get a nicheer nicheer audience of maybe more head up their ass people, sure. But like you have to have a reason to keep going with anything. But some you can. I some mean, people, even if you're you in, can, if you're painting, if you're, you're going to get less people a, going along with it, it you're going to get less people stopping at the gas station. And Saunders point is like you have to give people a reason to keep going. He didn't say anything about I story agree. in that thing that I read. He just said no. You you, you said stories well, to you get, and the narrative story. I'm no, I'm just well, saying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like hold on. I I'm think just, that I, I don't think that I'm wrong in saying that you have to give a pe- person to keep a reason to keep going watching watching a compelling something. a compelling thing for right something right. that makes me not saying. look I'm, at my phone right. I I know and yeah. it, and yes, but like there's everybody everybody's different like the things there you're gonna get less people probably in inland empire because no yeah, i'm talking about are, me i'm not talking know, about his i'm fucking talking returns. about you i'm talking i'm not you're talk- saying I'm that he's about- gonna get less people like i give a shit i'm talking about why it didn't work for me yeah it didn't work for you and this is how it works for me and it's less how do, how do you do. how does it work for you as like, what do you just, think of inland empire i as it's all it's all aesthetics. It's all mood thrown up on the scene. It's like a. It's more. It's an all straight avant-garde surrealist piece instead of a narrative. It's less narrative, mm-hmm. like class, like standard movie. It's more. What you really? House, what, like, what 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 did you really like about it? Like what like was like your the, like what was the really the imagery compelling? in it that like like there's 
it's three hours of weird imagery of creepy shit happening, like basically. And so like, yeah, like when she's mm. going through the weird set with the scary face and, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to watch it six times to figure out like logic together. The I narrative think that story. I mean, I'm not, yeah. not willing to do that, but like, like there's good things I can say about Inland Empire. Uh, Lord Ern, holy shit. Like, fuck. What an intense ass, like fucking lady. And just like being and like doing all that stuff. So I, you know, I props to that. Um, I really liked, I really liked that last, that, that scene where she's on the laying in the streets when he got out of like Hollywood and rich rooms and like bordellos or whatever. Yeah. Like, and landed on that like street corner in LA and, and like they're having that conversation between that moment. I think that's where like, that's the closest that Lynch comes to that's, that's his best moment in the movie Mm -hmm. is that sequence because that was fucking intense and emotional and surreal and and all of the and it seems like it says a lot and then for the camera to pull away and then you see that ah that was the movie like i mean i think all like that sequence deserved a better two and a half hours that came before it i think that what what we've got here is that he didn't if you broke inland empire up into four episodes of 45 minutes Mm -hmm. i think it would be I think it would look different to the view. I think he's got a half hour. I think he's got half a season of prestige TV here that he crammed into. um, And that's, that's how I've watched it over the last week. Like I, I, like I watched it one time sitting through all three hours, like in 2006 or some when it way back over 10 years ago. And I fell asleep and I, I remembered rabbits and I remembered, I remembered a big mood. I remembered it reminded me of weird head up my ass theater I did in New York with the repetitive circling stuff and the horniness and everything else. And then I watched it again. And over this week I've broken it up and I was like, okay, well, I've enjoyed it more breaking it up than I have trying to sit through it all at once. Cause it just beats your, it's just too much. I sat through it all at once and I was, yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, in contrast, I mean, like, Mulan drives three hours. It's surreal. It's it's notoriously uh, it's, surreal. It's, it's two, two and a half. half. Two and a half. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So and I was uh, feeling those two hours. I would, like I said, I yeah. Because see, no, I see me. I could. I was. I was enraptured from the beginning to the end. And I both times I've watched the movie. And with this, and I've never. I and I yeah. I I don't know. I was watching it during the day. It wasn't probably like the most whatever. But I watched half of these movies for this podcast during the day on my computer. So I I don't think that that should affect my enjoyment of the movie. I don't, I, like, David Lynch is a maker of narrative films. He is telling a story. He is. He isn't doing a Matthew, this is not a Matthew Barney movie. This is uh a story. And it's a surreal story, and he thinks that he's going to find it in the telling. And it's it's a, it's probably a process that's kind of half-assed worked for him before. Um, but like like what's it's like it started. Eraserhead is the most similar movie to this one because like there's a story see, to Eraserhead, but it's, it's yeah. And I all, fe- it's, I've always felt that I always felt the story to Eraserhead. Like I feel right. like there's a narrative compelling you it felt forward. the story more than you can really recount what it is though. sure sure but yeah. i i get that logic i even uh-huh. if it's not a hundred percent logical i can go with it like i know that this feels like this and that this when the women disappear i'm like what how logically did that work when the women were doing the locomotion right. i get 
I get his language. I just feel that he was in no way. I feel like he was unfocused and uninspired here. This is bad David Lynch. And and this is the first time I've I've ever said this. I'm like, oh, this is wait. a bad movie. And I didn't let, let me let me back up and be be clear here. I didn't not I had problems with Mahalan Drive. I didn't mm-hmm. say it was bad. Yeah, or, you didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I said I thought it actually got like mm-hmm. I thought it was really strong the fact that it it got better as it progressed. Um mm-hmm. You know, I had problems that were probably, when I think about it, a lot of my problems were tied to the fact that it was a TV show and it was probably budgeted for that. Um, mm-hmm. I thought some of the locations were a little bit boring to look at and kind of shot, kind of pedestrian. Um, I I watched like that video after we did the podcast, the dumb video on YouTube, and he goes into how much of the set is an homage to scenes from Sunset Boulevard. And it's Jack that Fisk that did all that. So, like, I think there actually was a lot of intention. It, I do think it was TV production, so, like, right. maybe it's an execution issue. Well, it, but and you know I, in TV I, production, they hope to be able to reproduce it cheaply over years, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, a lot of those apartments yeah, were yeah. real apartments that mm-hmm. they, the, the, you know, the courtyards that they filmed in. That's kind of yeah. stuff. That stuff is also real California, so, like, sure. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, I, it could look cheap. I mean, it, it is cheap. They probably just went to a place that has a court. You're like, you know, that's, but. It yeah. was. It wasn't like the most exciting mm-hmm. thing visually. Visual location. Yeah. He just, shot LA better on Lost Highway, 100%. Right. And, and trying to figure out what I'm, so what I find so disappointing about Inland Empire, and I, I got to be honest with you, I think you heard David, uh, Richard Linkletter was doing Boyhood. Well, he was like, I'm just going to do a long form movie, too. And he shot this over six years. And but they didn't whoa, like, whoa, whoa. I guess Inland with, Empire was over six years. Yeah. He started in 2002 and it was released in 2006 or five years or whatever. Yeah. Four years then. Four. Yeah. It, he shot it over multiple years. Like they, they at some point I read six years. So I don't know when the first scene with Laura Dern. He did this and they would write the scenes the before he would write a scene for several times, he wrote scenes that that were unconnected, and he didn't know what he was going to do. Boy, he was putting them up on his website. Rabbits, I remember watching Rabbits on his website in 2002. Right. Um, right. All of that Rabbit stuff. And probably, Rabbits reminded me a lot of doing uh, <laughs> avant-garde theater. Just right. like saying the same phrases over and looping stuff and then just saying yeah. a weird cadence. Oh, good postmodern theater. Um, yeah. You know, it's the most rewarding uh, oh, yeah. thing I've ever done. Artistically. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. Like, I have I no like regrets about Terodica. But, uh... but um, so I, I was saying that I think they were doing that. The scene between her and the shrink or whatever, the person she's talking to that's the spine for a lot of the movie... Uh-huh was shot first i think that was a fixer yeah i think but you're right. i like at some point i was reading something they called it a shrink and i think you're I, at times it's like she's confessing to a shrink and then when you find out that it's like connected with whatever polish mafia shit right then 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 it's the that sequence changes and gets good actually but um but that's where yeah, i that's... think it was just it was just it, it wasn't like it wasn't Lynch saying, I want to make this thing and had a complete vision. 
I feel like he had a lot of footage and he felt like he needed to do something with it. I don't know. Yeah, he's collaging shit together instead of starting yeah. from his. And I just, that's not what I, I that's not what I like on Lynch, man. I like it when right. he's got me by the, well, by the balls. Uh, you know, he's got me invested and engaged and, and scared with your characters. And I felt like to a lot of extent, I was just confused by the Laura Dern shit. Right. Like, I was and, confused for sure, but I watched this like after everyone else in the house went to sleep in the dark with headphones on. It scared me more <laughs> than any. It freaked me out more than any Lynch movie I've ever seen. Yeah. That's most of what the push for, when I talk about what works about the movie. It's all mood, not like narrative or trying to. But I guess I can't. It's hard for me to get. I can't have the mood without the investment in the characters. Yeah, that's. And yeah, so you that, have that to find, sense. and to go back to, to Hugh's analogy of the little, little uh, gas station things on the track, that is whatever it is. Like, it, he could have done, I'm not telling him, write a, write a clear story, man. I'm saying, make, do, you know, I don't know, just this didn't, just it didn't work. I feel like that if you don't question avant-ness in that way, then avant is a way to never make bad art. Like if you can't if if there can't be a good version of it and a bad version of it, well, and it, so I feel like that I feel it, like that Mulholland Drive of, is yes, yeah. of course, but like well, no, I mean, but there's good art. Like it's like when I it reminds me of like first thing when I took first film class in college. Like there's narrative structure, there's pure like pure expressionism, pure narrative, and pure like and it's there's different. You know, it's a Fade, he's sliding up the fader on one and it's going down on the other and it makes it a much less accessible movie and, and mm-hmm. you know from a certain perspective yes a worse movie but like it's just the fader on the expressionism and whatever is just turned all the way up on this to its detriment or whatever well I mean it's yeah it's, it's bad a, it's bad I mean it's it's not bad because it's expressionism or or surrealism it's not it's bad oh oh that's another thing I liked uh, where Lynch gets good, where the the women or the the care couple at the beginning, where he blots out when he fuzzes out their faces, I thought that uh-huh. was a really compelling image, and walking them go through that, like I thought that was well shot, even for the shitty grainy right. footage. Yeah, even I, if you're I, watching I, it on YouTube, it's not because there's tits. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, so I I thought that was um, interesting. I think that. When he does eventually get horny, he get, he gets a little more interested in it, and and so I do think that all of the sequences in that second house, you know, oh, there's the locomotion giant... in the middle of the movie was an intentional choice, I think, and it 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 kept me like, all right, I'm locked back in. When locomotion came on, it's yeah. always like it always movie, has yeah. to do with like his 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 own brand of nostalgia always pokes through. was a miss for me i was like oh you're just hmm. you're oh. just jerking us around was, you're just like prolonging this the locomotion thing. was what i needed at that uh, point like i was getting tired and i was like all right i'm back in it i i think yeah. i just got more i got like 
there's like once that sequence has happened i guess in the polish apartment or whatever i don't know i don't know i don't have any sense of what the narrative relationship is to this movie i think that yeah, yeah that would be in the movie or just like it's it's who knows like it, everything turns out to be the movie at some point right but like, well it was like that was the low class versus the high yeah class, yeah like, there's the high class rich polish thing and then there was but the it's not lo- polish it's also in california at the beginning it's all the but they're comes to but they're polish they are but she is and no when, like no she married i mean uh, who, who, she married we're arguing over dude. like a quarter of the plot that i understood yeah. but like she's right. married into a polish mafia type situation right and and she's a hollywood actor yes and is somehow a prostitute and or was that the film Who knows? yeah but there's also <laughs> this dumb film so yeah. yeah so like i just didn't find any of it compelling like i thought like the, the yeah. like the scenes with the like i think that like i i guess i was thinking each time i had a scene i was just like i felt like that i would have expected that to have been better <laughs> yeah right. and so as put, you go along i had to put in a lot of work to enjoy this movie and the first time i watched it i was like mm-hmm. i don't know what the fuck that was and it was like yeah yeah it's, i mean so and we I had mean, a lot of I, I, we had a lot of super talented people who were obviously excited to work with lynch yeah you know and then you know julia ormond jeremy irons you have these yes. people who are just like so good and he brings out this sd camera in like an abandoned warehouse i don't know just make some shit up i don't know just say you hold a ratchet and you go water you know like uh even one of the polish actors is literally the most famous polish actor in history or something uh so like yeah and he did film parts of it in poland so he did go there which probably dictated why there's polish people in it yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. It, also, the theater I was doing was based on Polish shit too, so it was like, it was like, it. it that's because of Grotowski, right? Yeah, it was yeah. all based off Grotowski shit. Like, yeah, I was pretty hostile to this movie by the end of it, and then I went back, and it's critically, I feel like it's it's critically uncommented upon. I I think it's more. I think there's a case of the emperor has no clothes with this. Like nobody's going to dog. Something nobody yeah. wants to look dumb dogging something that they they might get called out for not understanding for not understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's I true. will say that it's I will dog this movie because I feel like a lot of it is hodgepodge. Like we've been on a lot of road with Lynch, man, and and you know there may be more, but like you like that is tough like this movie like i felt like this was pretty aimless and i felt like maybe he wasn't in a like i don't know it made me feel like hey, maybe just you know people go through bad spells no he talks about this like he loved it because it, yeah. he felt yeah, so free yeah. freeing to yeah this is him unchained yeah. from from narrative in a sense well well i will say he gets like he's done 18 hours more after this and almost all of it is better so every fucking uh-huh. minute so to me, uh, and right. but that's because so I, I think, think that the, you're talking about Twin Peaks of Return, and I think it's yeah. clearly because he's allowed because he knows from the outset that he's doing a show. Like I think this wanted to be a show, like on some subconscious yeah, level. I think he likes the show format. I think he does. I do think he likes it. Yeah. I don't think he really wants. I think there's a romantic. I, 
notion of making people sit into in a in a theater and look at something on mm-hmm. the big screen that somebody of his generation buys into to a larger degree more than you know say other you know Nicholas mm-hmm. Winding Refn I don't think probably buys into it as much as Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg yeah, they, they all they, all, that, they yeah. all get their cackles up about these mm-hmm. differences or whatever but I feel like Lynch isn't that guy really he, like he you know he just wants to make yeah. the idea is more important to him than than the media yeah 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 and that one of the things i'd say would be a hallmark of and what was a frustration to probably normies that just wanted to watch a continuation of the twin peak story is one of the things that it is is it's kind of like it like a quarter of it is the characters you remember and it, there's a whole other movie like tack you know a whole other tv show kind of swedged into it yeah that's how he rolls though like you know that he's not gonna like he's not gonna bring anything anything terribly old it's all gonna feel fresh to him yes yeah and and i think that and i do think that getting out of your own fucking industry helps there's not a touch of hollywood in that fucking swim peaks the return there's none of that shit. It's all like it's set in decayed as destroyed America. And that's where I want movies and things set now because that's what, you know, but that's where the stories are right now, guys. And so I, I, it, he goes out there. And so I do like that, that, that he, this is not the final. I mean, we released, we're talking this on a week where David Lynch like held a little thing on his YouTube channel that didn't sound, like, I don't know. It gave me calls for concern. <laughs> you know, like, like I, oh shit, he's dying. Yeah. Well, if he was in my dad, I go text him. You feeling okay? You sure you need to come out there? You know, like you, you know, I, I wanted to ask him those questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's pretty old. We probably won't have him much longer. We may have, we may not see any more David Lynch. And and like I'm glad this wasn't the last thing <laughs> that he did. Right. Right. I, I saw a lot of commentaries. It's like this is him doing a three hour movie. It's like a fuck off. I'm writing off movies now and so i'm gonna get this all out of my system and if if you think he's getting if, if you think it's masturbatory maybe that's what he's getting out of his system i don't know but it came at the time where he divorced his long time his long time producer so producer, i wonder yeah. i wonder if maybe there's some financial issues maybe. too that needed to get rectified by doing some sort of release um i don't know i mean obviously he probably needed to make good on laura dern you know, right. I mean, she, this she was, was pretty game for a lot of things here, man. I mean, he did a lot of work just trying to get her that Oscar nomination for this movie. Like, yeah, he did. He did. A, that was basically the marketing campaign I mean, for the movie. The best thing the, he could have yeah. done was make yeah, a good exactly. movie. Nobody wants. That's true. That's the thing of, <laughs> you know, or make it 90. He got her the nom, right? By sitting out on Hollywood no, Boulevard. He didn't. The, she didn't get nominated no, didn't, for this. Uh, oh, I, uh, there was a big, I just remember the push. Wait, has she won an Oscar? No. She's not one, but what she's been nominated. What the fuck? Somebody get on that motherfucker. She's too she's, damn. She's just doing TV now, isn't she? What does she do on TV now? Oh, she had Big Little Eyes, and she did Twin Peaks, yeah. I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot to say about a movie like this. Like, it's I don't even feel like... It's a movie, yeah. Like, I, I was just... Yeah, like, I don't, it's not... Why do, it wasn't, why, I mean, why I wasn't do you vis- think I got a George Saunders book out? <laughs> there's no there's no yeah there's nothing he's just missing it he was missing it on this and he knows that that is a horse sense of 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 a creator knowing 
knowing where to Does place he? those things. What? Does he know that it was a misfire? I feel like he has too. I don't know that he does. I don't know. I think he it, always think, talks I, about how he loves it. I was watching. What does he say? What does he say he loves about? What does he say? What he wants to? He talks. Want, well, he, like, I, he talks about. He's not going to tell like, you what he wants to make. That's no. His whole thing. I want to figure it out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to tell you. What? what yeah. Uh, he talks about what he. Whenever he talks about how much he loves this movie, he talks about how much he loves the freedom. The freedom yeah. of to just go. Uh, okay, so I feel like he's making a format argument. Yes. He's being defensive. Yes. yes. That's defensive. Most of this film is about format and the medium and just it's it's mm, just it should be about him wanting like to convey a, an idea to someone. There's idea it's it's he's all about mood. We've said that from the beginning and this is I got all no mood, mood from no, this. I, this movie I, is I boring not. as dick. Yeah, well, there was no I, I, don't know, t- I got most I got so much mood from this movie. I didn't. I, didn't. Just, I was so bored. There are parts where And I was no, Mr. There's... Mood with the I was Mr. Mood with I mean, yes, I know there's a horniness to Mulholland. That's not in this movie, <laughs> but like I was really yeah. on the mood with Mulholland. I was really on the mood with uh Lost Highway. Like I'm critical of that movie, but it's not because it didn't hold my attention. It right. held my attention. I know. Um, yeah. And and so this is the first time he's bored me. Yeah. And and that and it's not because he didn't have the ideas with the medium. I felt like the first ten minutes, like all the sequences with that, was pretty interesting. I thought the scene between Laura Dern and Grace Zabrinsky would have been better, like probably better received if it bled towards more interesting things. Um. And like I said, I thought the scene, the scene with Terry Crews at the end is really good. Really, uh-huh. that's good Lynch. That's put it, if I have to, like, if there's a, if they, you know how like every team has to send somebody to the All-Star game? That's the scene I would send to the All-Star Lynch game, you right, know, right. from this movie. But like that, there's nothing compelling. There's no compelling uh, characters other than Laura Dern, sort of, but you know what makes a character compelling is understanding their emotional journey. Not uh, always. It, what else? Well, Not that's what makes them compelling. You can in, just in every other. That's. Well, I mean, that's, but you're okay. You you've said multiple times you don't like this movie very much and you don't think it's very successful. But then you keep saying that. I I guess that I I am kind of scoffing at the idea because I think that I feel like what you're saying is is that any time. You make something avant or form avant-garde or formless or anything that's surreal or tries to break logic or the rules of conditional fiction that that because you've done that, because you've made the decision to make a piece that way, it is somehow in a new category of criticism. Like that you it, can't make a, it it's above reproach. No. Yeah. I'll go back to what I said before. It's the sliders are all the way in one way, and so you're gonna get a different audience that responds to it. A narrower I guess audience. I'm saying that, and there's a certain amount of art school, like New York gallery hopping, just people there just for the aesthetics that might respond to this movie better than you and you did. That's I'm not all trying I'm to cast who would like this movie. I guess I'm not. Can you talk towards explaining what they like about it? The visual, like just from his, an aesthetic point of view. The mood, the ex- pure expressionism, devoid from narrative. There's a, it's it like, and and like I said, like watching it after everyone went in my house, went to bed, watching it by myself in the dark with headphones on, I had a visceral response to it. That's I what I'm talking about, and I'm not mad that you didn't have it, and I'm not trying to say 
Like, well, no, just, I know. I'm just like, I'm not. So, I'm so, saying. I'm saying it's fine that you didn't have it, and that there's a narrower audience of people that are going to react to it the way that I did. Yeah, it's it's all about the perspective that you're viewing it from. One of the things I think that I don't know how to define reading a mood other than this is that you try to like the first thing that you see when you approach it is like, what is this? And just the mere mention of asking that question creates the answer is going to be some form of a narrative not like there's a, that's what I, that's my point that's so when when i say that okay so like there's a painting like a david lynch painting and there's whatever painting picture picture me looking at it the, just a picture of rabbits on the wall and he frames uh-huh. it and he's there on the wall and it's and someone tells me that's david lynch's art go look at it and so i go look at it you're right that there is a mood that is created in me that is going to be the answer of do I like it or not but what is going to be the recipe of that mood is some and I mean this in the most abstract way possible please is some form of narrative you go okay you see a painting of rabbits these the rabbits image and you go okay so these are this is a world where there's anthropomorphic rabbits they're in a suit now obviously you're doing this in an instant you're doing this in like your subconscious but you are doing this that, oh, it's a human room, it's a boring, drab kind of room, like an Eastern European room with not a lot of shit on the walls, and everybody's standing in very rigid, formalized structures, so there's, like, all of those things factor in, that it's dark, that they're rabbits, maybe I'm scared of rabbits, maybe I had a bad experience with rabbits. All of those things, Lynch is an expert at handling in most other cases in his in his movies i'm not talking about it from like a robert mckee structure standpoint i'm just saying that anytime i've responded to a movie or anything there's some sort of response what makes things horror what is horror is you look and you go why is that happening and the horror is that that's not something that normally happens so you have a narrative of what's a normal thing and this is an aberration of it so I, one of the things that I just always felt bored with those feelings in this movie. And so I, I think that enough wasn't like, I feel like he was just kind of off here Yeah, and right. I don't and know I, why. I totally understand why that doesn't work for you. It goes back to like, like, like a Boonwell, like usually for this kind of weird mm-hmm. ass shit. It only it works better for short films like Unchin and Delu. There's not a narrative to that movie either. It's but only... no, there kind of is. See, I think that you're trying there to make me. To this you're trying too, to make though. me put when I say the word narrative, you're trying to put it in a smaller box. Like I'm saying a traditional narrative. No, there's there's a there is a there is a kind of narrative to this movie as much That's or what less I'm trying so, to discern, more so like, than there is to Unchin and Delu. And I found like, this that much less compelling. So I'm confused, Wade. You like this movie then? On this viewing, I did like it more than I liked it the first. Yes. Okay. So your verdict and on I this found, movie I'm is I'm just it... talking about the ways that it worked for me. That's it, not my favorite. It evoked a response from me. That's. I wish it did, man. Maybe if I was watching it in a different format. I mean, not format, like it, like I was in my bed or something. Right, right. But I don't know. I feel like he's never needed those kind of environment, like my environmental. Cr- I mean, everybody can get distracted from some shit. Like, I, you know, like if there is a minimum amount of attention that uh, any movie is required right. and that any artist would ask for with a movie. But like Lynch demands more of most people. Like we all generally, when Lynch is working at classic Lynch, mm-hmm. like at 
you know, we all enjoy that. Yeah, I've never struggled with watching these anything we, that he's yeah, done before. But in... plenty of people do, you know, and this is like this is this is the extreme. I I of like I understand why it doesn't work for yeah. I feel like you're reducing the craft of abstract art <laughs> a little bit. But I'm just, I, I'm just saying enough. that it's not all going to work for you. Like no, that's, it's yeah. not. And this is, I mean, it's surprising because he usually has me eating out of his hand. Right. And he yeah. does again. Which when it when it doesn't, I understand why. That's a, that's it's, the only a, time. A special I, disappointment for Lynch. Yeah, this is the only time. I I find it I find it a, a surprisingly soulless work for him. Soulless is a good um, way to put it. I think that's being generous. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing about this felt like it was from an innate, like something in him that needed to be said. I think he was, I think this is like notebook shit. And I think he was probably writing through some, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the most, I, I like for shit. me, I think yeah. maybe it yeah. is his shit, but like it's so much, so insular that like, it's really harder for us to like. I don't know what the fuck you were going for here. He yeah. knows exactly what he was going for, maybe, and maybe he fully achieved it. But like, yeah, it's it's a bigger. It's it's missing a lot more people than you know, other stuff is. That meme image of Laura Dern at the end. I guess that's pretty horrifying. But I, I didn't find the situation around it and compelling. Particularly scary. Yeah, particularly yeah. compelling. I guess I, I I I know what it was like to be you watching Mulholland Drive. Yep, because I that was like a lot of it. I felt like that it was just like yeah. What I like what I was de- what I was yeah. describing with Mulholland Drive, and I actually it feels looking back after watching Inland Empire, all my grievances about Mulholland Drive seem so uh, <laughs> so small so small in comparison. I still think mm. there's some interesting aspects to his misogyny that I think needs to be examined i think a lot of people have written about it and i know there's a book about it and a lot of people yeah and i think where we've come down is that he is a soft misogynist in the sense that you know Mm -hmm. he he has not thought about cultural norms and how his and the like american 20th century culture has shaped his view of women or whatever yeah um yeah i i just don't think he's an active thinker when it comes to that i think that that's i make fun of his tm shit a lot and i and i think that probably is a real good source for his work and and a good engine for it but when he talks about it he talks about like an airhead like that it's gonna help you know it's gonna cure all the social ills and inner city you know tm for kids in the inner city and i think that that's just i mean i i think that's baby shit and and so i i do think that there's a part of his his life or his thinking that is so focused on 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 different things and and it it it's a it's a selfishness and it's a self focusness a selfishness. One of the most famous articles that's come out about him was the, the 2017 Guardian article that's titled "You Gotta Be Selfish." You gotta be selfish. It's a terrible thing, <laughs> but that's what the t- name of the name of the article is. Is you, you gotta be selfish? Yeah. It's a it's a terrible thing, and it talks. It's one hell of a quote to take out of that whole conversation. Yeah. For the Guardian to like make that mm. their, yeah, and I feel that like 
there is an, an instinct now, and I totally get it, in culture is a backlash to the history of, of white men getting a privilege in the, in, in the arts and entertainment. Oh, my God. Uh, physical, uh, uh, not just a, you know, not just by getting jobs, but actual, you know, having a lot of, uh, you know, criminal privileges uh, mm-hmm. in an actual physical environment. Uh, but, uh, and, and so I think that there's a reflection I want to see this as, as in the hymn as, as not as it's more sinister, but it's generally indicative to where if you look under the hood, you see ugliness. Uh, Picasso, uh, you know, any of the, you know, Woody Allen, any of these kinds of self, you know, once you, it's not that the work, I mean, yes, it's that the work is misogynist, but you can get past that if that's not, if you open, if you don't open the hood and there is, you know, violence and destruction and, and, and you just, you know, being a monster underneath the hood and that's why i'm very like i'm very apprehensive that here of hearing stuff about that uh, yeah about I, him and that's why and I, that and i think that that's why i constantly bring up that it's like like well that's I, why I, I that's one of the things like I, I did yeah yeah like i don't i think that that makes him a soft because i do think he's focused on it and so he does have a cognizance of it in that way uh but you know just like you can have a problem and realize that it's destructive and still let it be destructive. Um, you have to sort of, you know, it is a problem in his work. It is, he is a selfish, or he is a, mis, you know, he does write mm-hmm. from a misogynist point of view. He is very selfish and very, doesn't have a very uh, educated view of of uh, how the world works, really. And I think that's why his movies are all sort of, fables and <laughs> framed you know and whenever it does feel real it, it, it it's very small framed um like straight story or or something like that where it's very much just focused on what he's what you're looking at right uh, he doesn't deal with the physical realities of life very much yeah it's, he's all about that dream logic you know you know that 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 is a that is an eastern focus of like yeah. living not like there is a right. selfishness to eastern philosophy because you just don't carry attachments with you and so it is in the moment and the touching and the feeling and the and those kinds of things and i think david lynch is very much a in the moment director like his magics yes. are in these moments and so like he doesn't do montages <laughs> He doesn't right, have right. sweeping epics. I like the one time he's done all that shit. It was horrible and do with Dune, right? Or yeah. laughable. It's yeah. joyous. And he's in not a different gonna do way. a time montage because time, seemingly meaningless to him. Because <laughs> yeah, the movie, yeah. movie ends where it begins and it's does it. It's hard for me to talk about the dream stuff because I don't actually dream. Really, I may have had yeah, you I may have had ten dreams? ten dreams in my adult life. Really. Dream yeah. all the time. I mean, I know that I know enough to know that I dream all the time. I just don't remember them. But I, I yeah. don't have any, and I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Huh. But I know enough about dreams to know that the sort of the magic is, is that it is this. Uh, your brain is like a dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like your cerebral fluid, like runs through your brain and it hits memories, ideas, and emotions, but maybe not all together. Right. <laughs> or in the right in any sort of logical order and yeah, so that's yeah. why it's hard to explain dreams not just in as, as a narrative but like 
Well, I was he was holding a frog, and it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know? right. he, he, had, he had a light bulb in his mouth like Uncle Fester, and it was freaky. Dude. Yeah, and yeah. so your your emotional response is in no way tied to the image that you're seeing, which isn't you know. So well, yeah. like that is sort of they. I mean, they're tied because they're hitting your frame at the same time, but they're right. not. They're being both being caused by the dishwasher going on the your brain right. being a dishwasher right. i mean that's kind of what works about inland empire for me like you because you can't get a, it's a nightmare and you can't get a grip on it to part of it is that you can't there is nothing to hold on to because it doesn't make any sense yeah my thing like we talked it to death we've talked david lynch to death i love this man i love this man i love him so much i hope i hope he's not a monster he is an old white man in Hollywood who's had a lot of uh, a lot of wives there's, a lot, and there's not no smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, uh, there's there's not no smoke, but yeah. I mean, it's yeah. The question is, how many people has he burned up in his fires? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, final thoughts on Lynch from you guys. Uh, are we done with Lynch? Or are we done? With us? I think we. I, I think we're gonna do a, a five episode. Is that? Are we fine with that? If not, we can edit. This it, out. We might. We might do. Who knows what form it'll take? But we might yes. do something more. With yeah. It. With some Twin Peaks. My final thoughts. Uh, yeah, my final thoughts are yes. on on him are this. I think that he is a unique product of his time. We will probably never see anybody like him again work in the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh be be you know mm-hmm. the condition of the medium being what it is today is we'll, we'll never see anybody like this again yeah i don't think so yeah so no. he got to he got incredible opportunities and yes. got to work with the most some of the most talented actors of their generation and on like the biggest stage possible and i don't think that we're going to have that again because of just general decline <laughs> um so that's what makes him interesting to me oh yeah and it, he's uniquely american I, I think he's got a uniquely oh, Ameri- yeah, i think yeah. he's got a uniquely american uh i that's really interesting because he's really popular in the places that certain people are really popular who aren't popular here and they're popular for being american that's france and japan sure I mean, more. I understand Japan more than France. Just why they like Lynch, or yes, than France. Ah, why? Why? What? What do you? What? What do you? I just. I, I mean, I don't know. I just see a lot more similarities in in like they're maybe because they're all ripping off Lynch and they're like the the really uh, avant, the the edgy filmmakers in Japan that I've known. Or, yeah, they're just they share more aesthetic with Lynch that makes. And it's and it's maybe something to do with that Eastern thought that he's wrapped up in. I don't know. Like, Probably. I mean, I I think he has more of a of, sense of moment than yeah. than other American filmmakers. And the lack of reality sometimes it blends in with some of that stuff. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, like that that in that that you're seeing something that's a unique person. Like that's one yeah. of the things that's always bothered me about like Spielberg. It's obviously technically like holy oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you know, what are you going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get ever. better than that. He's the best player. 
of the movie in his like instrument <laughs> like you know he's the jimmy i don't want to say no uh, he's like the the less paul or, or something like that right. of the yeah yeah and um yeah you you're you're not gonna get any better but like i don't like he disappears like i feel like and that gives like i don't know like i always feel like his movies are a product and not like a confession and sometimes yeah. i like a bit of confession with right, a movie right. And and I think that that's a very Japanese thing, is that Jap- Japanese are not just interested in a story being told, but that the story is told by like a specific person, and 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 that that all of the subjectivity that that infuses. This has been fun. I I've, I've really I don't know. I've liked I like watching movies from directors yeah. all the way through. I'm talking to my friends about them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Right. Oh, did I just delete this file? <laughs> Very good, very good. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm laughing, I'm laughing. Dude, this hasn't been recording at all. All right. All right, talk to you later. All right. Yeah, well, end of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. In my bathroom. I bet there is a podcast that new podcasts in the nude, and I bet it's boring. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's like the most like we're podcasting in the nude. It's titillating, and then they just—it's it's probably like most show. podcasts where it just sounds like the sweaty balls people from the oldest nail yeah. skit, but they're naked. I don't